You're listening to the Mind Made Wrong podcast, presented by Steel Maggie, episode number 19. My beautiful slaysome creators, I want to take today to talk about a major, major realization I had last week, like completely paradigm shifting. And if you're finding yourself in need of an attitude adjustment, as I have been, this is the episode for both of us. So come on in and grab a spot on the therapy couch, because I'm going to tell you, if you take just one concept from our time today and you run with it, you implement it, and you stick with it, I guarantee you're going to get a better result in the situation you're dealing with, like 100 I'd guess that a good number of you listening as musicians or creatives currently teach or have taught your instrument or tutored your skill at some point as a source of income. We've all got multiple streams of income as artists, but teaching is one of those really reliable occupations that allows us to work on our projects and things without the time suck of a typical nine to five. So I teach private voice and piano as my main source of income. Almost all of my students are under 18, with the exception of a handful of adult students. I have both my own studio, and I also work at an academy. Now, in my own practice, in my own studio, I obviously have total control over which students I work with. At the academy, since they do the dirty work of filling my schedule, advertising, payment processing, renewal, everything... um, I kind of just get students given to me if they sign up from the trial lesson. And you can probably guess the trade-off is a significant cut taken from the hourly charge, which I'm completely fine with, considering how much is already done for me. All I have to do is show up and teach, except I don't have much control over the students that are given to me. Not a problem, because most of them are really cool, but there are some students that make me want to rip my hair out. Granted, that's an occupational hazard, especially when you're dealing with kids. Um, I'm going to move forward uh, before this devolves into a rant because this could very well be one, and that's part of what I want to talk about. I've been at this particular academy for more than a year. I absolutely love it, but I've thus far been harboring and feeding a bad attitude towards particular students that get my goat for whatever reason. And here's my confession. I dread their lesson times. I haven't given these particular students my highest standard of teaching. I've written countless times in my journal about how I wish I could pass these quote-unquote problem students off to other teachers so that I didn't have to deal with them anymore. And we're going to get into why that is a problematic attitude next, but I want to say, first, I, I, got, I become really tired of that dealing with them thing. You know, I, I don't want to dread teaching at all. I have become so tired of the dread and the gritting my teeth through another 30 minutes of this kid, the burning thoughts in my head of, I'm not paid enough for this shit. I got tired of just surviving 
through those particular students. And here's where I'm going with all of that. All of the things I've said, those are all thoughts about my situation. It's a thought problem, as I'm sure you're familiar with if you've been with me for these past 19 episodes, right? Um, And it's true. Every complaint and reason that I just cataloged, they all sound so valid and true and rooted in feeling. I mean, how many times at your job have you said, I am literally not paid enough for this, especially if you work in retail or a service industry. Um, But at the core, those are simply thoughts. These thoughts are characterized by problematic framings of the situation. It's a framing. The framing of my role in the situation. The words I used in my thinking are problem, dread, surviving. So one of my absolute favorite virtual mentors, Brooke Castillo, and I call her a virtual mentor because I've never met her or invested in self-coaching scholars, which by the way, yes, Brooke, I'm so lame. I need to do that. But she has poured so much wisdom and the seeds for change into my life through her Life Coach School podcast. So Brooke says, and I'm completely crediting this to her and her brilliant work on the model, that every thought is just a sentence in your head. It's misleadingly simple, and I'm going to repeat that just in case you missed it, and I want you to think about it for a second. Every thought is just a sentence in your head. Let's be honest, our thoughts, our sentences aren't always coherent depending on the situation or inebriation, but that sentence is, whether you comprehend it or not, made a It's made of just words, and a word can have any meaning you give to it. And sometimes we apply so much meaning into these words, so much meaning where we can just take half of it and it's going to do a different, more helpful job. Um, And of course, I'm a lyricist, I'm a poet, my level of poignancy and impact in any work I do is solely dependent on the meaning and the life I give to the words I write. But in my thought life, day to day, that's not always helpful. Hyperbole and black and white and extremes, although they're so useful in the creative vernacular, you know, and in our toolbox, in our paint set of watercolors, um, they, they paint a picture, but in your life situation, in your day-to-day, you have to examine that thought, that sentence, those words, just words, and see if they actually work for you or not. And if the sentence is a cognitive distortion, it's not going to work. So to apply that concept in my example of these students and in my grand revelation, these are all cognitive distortions that I have had to acknowledge as cognitive distortions in the first place, and then I've had to reevaluate them. First off, I called these students problem students in my mind. What the actual fuck? I'm not even going to go down the road of how rude as hell that is of me. 
problem was the word I was using. And it only follows that I would subconsciously treat them as problems and dread them. It only follows. The phrase problem student was repeated over and over in my mind, which directly caused my feeling of dread, which then caused me to not bring my full my full talent and my full energy to the table. Second, my use of the word surviving and the sentence, I just have to survive this next 30 minutes. That's the example. This word and this phrase, the sentence, made me see it as something that I had to grit my teeth through. And with that repeated thought, that was the associated feeling every time it was one of those students' lessons. In short, I was manufacturing these feelings of dread and survival and resentment within me and making them habits. I was manufacturing them in the factory of my mind. Habitual thoughts have turned into habitual feelings. And those thoughts become habitual. The feelings become habitual if the thought in the first place is repetitive. I hope you're following and I hope this is making sense because if this is your first episode with me, I'm going a bit deeper into cognitive behavior concepts that I've discussed in previous solo episodes. So just let me know if you'd like me to cover this kind of stuff more or just let me know that I'm on the right track. I'm Steel Maggie HQ on Instagram and Twitter, so give me a shout. All right, that was a quick little brain break. Let's get back in. Third thought, I'm not paid enough for this. For the sake of brevity, I'm going to skip over the sense of entitlement of that particular sentence. I have the ability to handpick my students at my own private studio. And if I had the wherewithal and I just went with a mission to replace my academy income with my own students completely, then I would be rid of this sentence. Because I am in charge of both the students that come under my tutelage and my prices. Why is this relevant? I'm using the quote-unquote paid part as a justification and this shit as a descriptor. Due to the repeated thought pattern turning into habit, I feel resentful and have no room to view it through a clearer lens. So when I'm working in that spirit of resentment in those moments, I can't possibly view those students as worth it. I can't possibly see them as strength builders. I, I view the others, you know, the other, you know, regular students, I guess, as worth it because they don't give me shit. But truth is that the ones who exhibit challenging behavior are the ones who actually grow me as a teacher and person. And that right there has been monumental for me to realize in this past week. There is no price on that. There is no wage, hourly rate, salary that's going to make me a better teacher. And more importantly, there's no price that's going to actually help that student and take them to the next level. That's all on me. 
sure I can pass that student on. Sure I can continue to spend my work day in dread of those specific lessons. But that dread, that that negative energy is wearing me down. That isn't helping me. And that sure is not helping the student. And once they're out of my hands, how do I know if they will get better? You know, like I'm effectually giving up on them as I've guessed a lot of people have before and that's probably why they're acting this way in the first place letting them do their own thing and me not giving my all I'm doing both of us a huge disservice they need me to be there and to be present even more than my other more well-behaved so to speak students and I can't let them down because of my own personal discomfort. Like Brooke has said in many times in her work and that I have thus now shared with you on Mind Made Wrong, discomfort grows us. So what's the solution? What's the next step? How do I move forward with these kids? The answer is I flip my mental script about these students. I flip it. I turn the phrase problem students into opportunity students because problem student was that habitual thought which created the habitual feeling of dread over and over again which created the action of me not showing up in the full way for my students and created the result of them continuing to behave as they have and not making progress. So if I make opportunity students the habitual thought, that's going to create a different feeling. I'm guessing, and as I've experimented with through this week, it's going to create a little bit more of a feeling of perseverance, of determination, of a little little bit more optimism I would say I'm I'm thinking about the next 30 minutes as my stretch and instead of the phrase just survive I'm turning that into it's my chance to shine to dig deep to refuse to check out mentally you know I'm up in the weight on my sets today um I have to take that habitual attitude and go the exact opposite way with it. Got to rebuild the rubble upon which I've performed this self-indulgent martyring dance while I'm barefoot and wondering why my feet are bleeding. You know, it's like, okay, let's go back to the root, right? Which is always the thought. And that thought, when I change it from problem into opportunity, that's also going to bring a higher energy. That's going to give me a higher feeling. Uh, Teaching them to the best of my ability and consistently correcting their behaviors no matter how frustrated I get in class. Don't get me twisted. This doesn't mean I'm going to handhold and babysit. That's not in my job description. And frankly, it is not my forte. I don't conduct individual 30-minute daycare sessions. If that's becoming the situation, then obviously I'm talking to the parent about whether their child is either ready for lessons or even interested in singing or piano. Because what I will do 
What I am, among other things, is a talented teacher. And I have to serve from that heart and from that purpose. Another one of my wonderful virtual mentors, Chris Harder, for um, from the For the Love of Money podcast, says that in every situation, we choose our energy. We either step up to the plate and raise our mindset, or we crumble under the weight that we've applied to whatever situation, whatever challenge. So when I raise my energy, the result is raised. The lesson that I teach is that much better for the both of us. The dread has now become opportunity. And over time, I have unknowingly accomplished this before. The student comes up to match me too. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm not bringing it, they sense that. And I'm sure that they act accordingly. Who knew? And I'm talking a bit more directly to you teachers and coaches here, but I want the rest of you not to tune out right now. We know kids are very concrete and they don't want to be wrong. They don't want to feel like they're wrong either. Yet they still pick up on incredibly minute behavioral cues, those super subtle shifts in our energy, even though they may not show it or even though they may make a grand effort to prove to us otherwise, they still look up to us as adults, as models of how they should be. Especially when you're a teacher, because you're probably the second biggest influence in their lives after their parental figures or guardians. They model us. So we can't let the energy down, because everything we do is a building block to their experience of the world. It's a building block of their future, We've got a huge responsibility on our hands as teachers, and we've got massive opportunity. Come on, my friends, don't lie now. You know I gave you so much gold today in a relatively short time. So if you took home anything, like anything useful that you're going to implement from this episode, please let a girl know on Instagram. I'm at SteelMaggieHQ. Share this on your story or even email me. Maggie at steelmaggiemusic.com and leave a divine review and rating on my podcast wherever you listen if it gives you the ability to do so. I want to hear from you, my beautiful creators. Let's get talking. At some point, I'm thinking maybe episode 50 or something, I want to do a live episode where I answer your cues and I talk on your requested topics, but I don't want to wait that long to talk to you. I want you now. So hit me up. Nevertheless, I will see you next week for another bomb episode of Mind Made Wrong. It's going to be episode 20. But until then, let's go create beautiful things. Bye-bye.